0: Indigenous Rights Radio Because knowledge is power You are now listening to Cultural Survival's Global News Bulletin We begin in South Africa In recognition of the original cultivators of rooibos tea South Africa's rooibos tea industry paid 12.2 million rand or $716,000 to indigenous groups. Each year, the South African Rooibos Council will pay 1.5% of the farm gate price of the herbal tea to a trust controlled by the San people. The funds will be used to improve the lives of those communities. It's the latest example of South African industries and companies recognizing the rights and contributions of people who lived in the country before Dutch settlers began to arrive in the 17th century. We move to Kenya now. The African Court on Human and Peoples' Rights announced reparations to the Ogiek indigenous peoples after they suffered harm as a result of injustice and discrimination. According to a UN Human Rights Office statement, the court ordered Kenya to pay 57 million 850 thousand Kenya shillings, which is approximately 500 thousand US dollars for material prejudice for loss of property and natural resources, and another 100 million shillings for moral prejudice. Additionally, the court ordered non-monetary reparations, including restitution of Ogiek ancestral lands and full recognition of the Ogiek as indigenous peoples. In addition, the court requires the Kenyan government to delineate, demarcate, and title the Mao Forest as its resources to protect Ogiek property rights. In Rwanda, the first Africa Protected Areas Congress opened in Rwanda in July. The Congress culminated with the Kigali Call to Action which highlighted Indigenous Peoples' and local communities' contributions, as well as contributions from women and youth, but did not fully address IPLC demands. It is impossible to expand protected areas by 30% by 2030 without other support and inclusion of IPLCs who bear the highest costs, says advocates. The Kigali Call to Action acknowledged ongoing injustices experienced by IPLCs in the establishment and management of protected areas and called for them to be stopped now and in the future. The first Africa Protected Areas Congress, (APAC) was seen by some as a missed opportunity to examine the failures of the conservation model as it had been implemented in Africa and chart a more inclusive and just future path. And in news from India, Draupadi Murmu Santal made history for being sworn in as India's first indigenous woman president. It is a rare achievement for a member of a scheduled tribe to hold the country's highest post. Many indigenous peoples in India now have great hopes that the issues will be addressed through this appointment. However, several worry that this is just a superficial political move by the Bharatiya Janata Party, which has been the ruling political party since 2014. There are 705 indigenous peoples in India who are recognized as Scheduled Tribes. According to the 2011 census, Scheduled Tribes make up 8.6% of the total 104 million populations and almost 90% of these people live in rural areas across 30 states. And in news from Bangladesh, on the eve of the International Day of the World Indigenous Peoples on 9th August, the government of Bangladesh issued the circular. Civil society members, including university teachers, experts, and newspaper editors, have also been asked to be aware about avoiding the use of the word Arivasi while participating in the discussions and talk shows, the circular added. In the 15th Amendment of the Constitution, Minority ethnic communities in Bangladesh have been referred to as tribes or ethnic minorities, the circular reads. And in news from Indonesia, it has been argued that Papua, Indonesia's easternmost region, displays early warning signs of atrocities linked to unresolved grievances of indigenous Papuans and to the worsening conflict between independence insurgents and the Indonesian state. In a report released recently, the Simon Scott Center for the prevention of genocide at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, argued that the situation in Indonesia's easternmost region bore worrying resemblances to other regions that have experienced genocides and other mass atrocities. And in El Salvador, more than 4,000 Nahuatl people, indigenous people in El Salvador, have been adversely affected by urban construction on the Abuelo River due to the exploitation of seven hydroelectric dams. Despite not knowing how the work is done, the indigenous peoples of the region are of the opinion that it is not good. Enrique Gasa, one of the neighbors who was affected, says the machinery has cleared five blocks of forest and now they are installing a giant pipe to drain the river. In the Sisi Canton of Zalco, residents have fought against the hydroelectric project as well as against construction projects in the area that will affect the sacred sites and their daily lives. To Costa Rica now, Costa Rica is now internationally recognized as a green country for its extensive forests and production of clean energy. However, there are policies and legislation for agricultural and energy sectors that go against the environment and national sovereignty. Friends of the Earth Costa Rica carried out a survey that shows how successive governments have prioritized transnational interests over those of the Costa Rican people promoting an agro-export model. The country favors pineapple, banana and coffee monocultures that are based on the extensive use of pesticides, land grabbing, loss of food sovereignty and contamination of soils and ecosystems with devastating consequences on the health of populations. The report includes a study by the Phytosanitary Service of the State of Costa Rica that reveals that one in four fresh vegetables consumed in the country contain pesticides in amounts above what is allowed. That is all for this edition of Cultural Survival's Global News Bulletin. For more on the rights of Indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter. Indigenous Rights Radio. Because knowledge is power.